Hello, everyone. I am Chris Hyams, CEO of Indeed, and welcome to the next episode of Here to Help. At Indeed, our mission is to help people get jobs. This is what gets us out of bed in the morning and what keeps us going all day long. And what powers that mission is our people. Here to Help is a look at how experience, strength, and hope inspires people to want to help others. Today's guest is Svenja Goodell, Indeed's chief economist and head of the Indeed Hiring Lab. The Indeed Hiring Lab is an international team of economists and researchers dedicated to delivering insights that help drive the global labor market conversation. Hiring Lab produces research on global labor market topics using Indeed's proprietary data and publicly available sources. And their work is available to media, researchers, policymakers, job seekers, and employers to help them better navigate the ever-changing world of work. Svenja currently serves on the board of directors for the National Association for Business Economics. Svenja, I am very excited to talk to you today. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me here, Chris. Let's start where we always start these conversations. How are you doing today? I'm doing really well. I'm, I'm super excited to be here and uh, look forward to our conversation. How are you? Uh, I am doing very well. I'm coming back from a weekend in Los Angeles visiting family. I'm here in Stamford, Connecticut, and uh, it's a beautiful day. I'm very happy to be here. Fantastic. So you joined Indeed as our chief economist at the beginning of this year to lead Indeed's hiring lab. What made you decide to join Indeed and the hiring lab? Um, really, it's it's uh, all about impact. You know, if you think about um, where we were in, in this moment of time, uh, the pandemic was happening, um, uh, the labor market was was doing uh, crazy things that it hadn't been doing before. We, we saw, uh, you know, a real imbalance between supply and demand of labor. And I just, you know, after I, I did housing for 10 years and I, I thought, wow, like this moment in time, I feel like 20 years from now, we'll look back onto this uh, onto this moment and be like, things happened, you know, the, the future kind of starts now. Uh, and I wanted to be part of that. And so um, it was really interesting to me to kind of lean more into the labor space. And then, um, uh, you know, uh, as I did my research, uh, I, I love Indeed's mission. I like love it. And I'm, I'm a pretty mission driven person. And, um, and I think, you know, it's it's really like you know, fundamental if you think about it. You have to live somewhere and you have to have a job. And the ability to help people get a job is pretty powerful. And uh, and you know, the 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 hiring lab has a collection of fantastic individuals, really smart researchers. Shout out to my team. Um, and uh, they, uh, you know, being able to to partner with them uh, on an everyday basis to to you know, do research, uncover trends that are really interesting. And then to use Indeed's data, that is, you know, it's like a treasure trove. <laughs> Being able to dig through for insights is is really cool. And uh, so that that combination of, of things um, made it made it seem really easy to to, uh, you know, join Indeed for for this job. Yeah, I have to imagine this is a 
a pretty interesting time to be uh, a labor yeah. economist and that after years of friends and family possibly saying, so what is it again that you do to now have have real questions every single day? Um, and so, and we're going to get into all of that, but I'd love to start. I, I tried to give a little outline in the intro, but uh, as the foundation for the rest of the conversation, can you describe to folks who don't know, what does the hiring lab do? And maybe give a, an example or two of some of the things that we can see because of the data that indeed brings to the conversation that we might not have seen before. Um, yeah, and I think you you already said it really well. We're a collection of um, international economists, data scientists that that work with indeed data as well as publicly available data in, in different countries to analyze trends in the labor market. And um, you know, we're we're special. We're we're not like other research teams in a sense that you know we're not. Um, we're not uh, academics. We, we don't produce academic research. We try to produce research that is accessible to um, you know, everyone. And so if you, um, if you just happen to go to hiringlab.org and you're like, hmm, I wonder what's, what's new and uh, the latest and greatest in the, in, the, in the labor market, you should be able to read one of our um, research posts and understand it and, and get a sense for what's happening. And so we often collaborate with... Um, with uh, reporters to get our research out there. And, you know, that's the, the, the best part. If you, you know, find your research out in the wild and you're like, Ooh, that's, that's, that's us right there at the New York times, you know? Um, but really uh, it's, it's trying to take a, a massive amount of data um, and be able to distill it into insights that help people make better decisions on an everyday basis and, uh, and doing so via different channels. So, you know, it's either via presentations that we give to employers, it's talking to a reporter and it shows up in a, in a newspaper article um, or, you know, being at a conference and distilling, um, you know, facts there, uh, any, any which way to kind of reach the, the general public. And we're going to get into this in in a minute because you said it's not academic work because it's meant to be consumed by a lot of people, but there's a lot of academic rigor that has to go into actually Absolutely. ensuring that what you're producing uh, can stand up to to that type of uh, basically that, that that type of insight. But um, let me back up for one second because one of the themes of here to help is really understanding what what makes people tick and what makes people do what what they do. How did you end up becoming an economist? What was it about this that 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 drew you into it? You know, I am. Um, uh, gosh, my my first economics class was uh, senior year of high school, uh, and it was it was just amazing. Like sitting in class, I was like, "Huh, this is a framework that helps me understand how things work," and I thought it was amazing. And that's kind of how I think about economics. You know, it's just it gives you. Um, a way of thinking and uh, tools to be able to analyze data that you you know you see, um, and then uh, tries to simplify it so that you can you know think about uh, what will happen next or what it means. And uh, you know the simplest one probably being supply and demand, right, as a, as a model, and trying to think about uh, what uh, what impact that will have on on quantities and prices or whatever whatever you're trying to answer. But um, I thought that was super appealing, right, and so. Uh, that was my first foray into the world of economics. And then I went to college and stuck with economics um, and had my first job at the at the New York Fed, still really liked economics, um, detoured ever so slightly and did a PhD in finance, still economics, but, you know, in the, in the finance space. Um, 
And uh, yeah, I just, you know, ever since that, that first class, I just really, I really love being able to take data, analyze it and try to explain the world around me or like take a difficult problem and solve it. And uh, along the way, uh, I've met some fantastic people and I've had the chance to collaborate with really fascinating people. And it's been, uh, you know, it's, it's been fantastic. So given the background that you have and, and with, with the academic chops, but you've also, you spent some time in, in the public sector and in the private sector, you have decided to dedicate your career to being in, in the private sector. What, what is the difference there and, and how did you, how did you end up deciding that for you, this was the right path? Uh, that's that's an easy one. <laughs> I feel like a grand total of five people read my dissertation. <laughs> so you know, after after like over a year of work, I'm like, no one, no one else wants to read this, you know. Um, and uh, no, I I uh, you know. I joke a PhD is permanent head damage, but it, it's really, it's, it's all about getting, um, you know, it's you got to have a lot of patience, but you know, you pick up a, a cool tool set to be able to, to, um, to do research with. And um, the, I think being in the academic space has a, has a lot of advantages and uh, you can, you can certainly do really cool things there. Um, the reason I chose to go into the private sector is that um, I like it. Uh, the the speed to be slightly faster. You're you know you you just have you know closer deadlines if you will. Um, projects tend to not take years but more like weeks and months. Um, yeah, particularly as you think about like you do V one of a project and then V two and V three and you you build on that and versus trying to do all in one big chunk. Um, I love collaborating with people and I feel like uh, the private sector has given me ample opportunity to do so. And um, last but 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 certainly not least, I, I do think you know when you think about um, the the private sector, particularly today, and this is you know different thirty years ago, um, businesses generate so much unique data. Indeed, has so much unique data that if you're in an academic setting, you probably don't have access to. And so, being able to kind of take that uh, and that that data, analyze it, and then have the platform. Uh, and to be able to have a huge impact, right? Instead of those five people reading my dissertation, I can um, uh, reach uh, uh, you know millions via uh, via reporters getting news stories out there, and the team um, has the ability to you know multiply that that research and, and do so much more with it as well. Um, that it's it's really that combination of data, the platform, the impact that you can have overall, and along the way. Um, being able to kind of you know collaborate with with fabulous people that that's what really ended up making me uh, choose the the private sector in the end. So, you've said the word impact about twelve times, and so obviously that's 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 the the focus of what we're trying to do is is to help people with this this data. And so I want to talk a little bit about some of the different uh, audiences that that we. Uh, we try to actually provide this insight to. So we'll start with job seekers, which is one that maybe to to me, even to start before we created this team in this role, um, I could see how researchers might care about this data. I could see maybe how employers were thinking about trends and that might be helpful from hiring perspective, but it wasn't as clear until we started doing this work about the impact on job seekers. And indeed is obviously all about the job seekers. So can you talk first about what this data means, how how they're useful to job seekers and, and how they might use it to understand 
their lives, their careers, their opportunities. Yeah, you know, I think first and foremost, I believe in transparency and having a ton of data to make better decisions. And I think as job seekers out there, or just the general public, um, the more information you have, the better off you are, right? And so if you can, um, you know, open up, uh, you know, the Wall Street Journal, the Guardian, you know, whatever, the Globe Mail, whatever it may be, and figure out, okay, what's actually going on right now? Um, and, and how should I interpret this and what it means to me? That's that's really important because behind every uh, piece of data, behind every number, there's a story. And, and those stories are actual people, right? Like when we look at an unemployment rate of 3.6%, that means there's still 3.6% of the people out there that don't have a job and there are reasons that they don't have jobs, right? And so um, it's important for us to, you know, analyze that, shine a light on it. And uh, sometimes directly, uh, it'll be important to job seekers because they'll be able to make better decisions. They'll understand wages are going up. Can I ask for an increase? Is it the right time to ask for an increase? Um is it competitive out there? Are there a lot of, you know, jobs to be had? What's the situation like? You know, are other people going through what I'm going through? So that's really important. Um, but I also think it's really uh, important to them indirectly because policymakers really need this analysis too, this research, this data, uh, because hopefully they will make policy changes that are really important to job seekers. And, uh, you know, particularly when you look at, um, uh, different, because, you know, anyone who's like worked in data, um, can, you know, you look at the average or you look at the, the, the median, you know, like this is what's happening right now. But then if you start to slice and dice it a little bit more and look at sub trends or the tails, you start getting into some really interesting trends that perhaps you wouldn't have gotten into originally. And so, uh, gaining that insight can be, can be really powerful and you want to be able to represent everyone and uh, as, as best you can, of course, um, and uh, uncover trends that that aren't so obvious that people can really, you know, understand, use. And so I'll give you an example of, of what I'm talking about. Um, we uh, uh, um, uh, we did a bunch of research on women in the in the uh, in the workforce and, and found that, of course, um, labor force participation isn't quite back yet for for a lot of women out there. Um, and uh, one of the reasons is that they still are on the hook for you know, daycare responsibilities or just, you know, having having kids at home or dealing with with kids uh, in and out of school as we as we're still very much still dealing with the with the COVID crisis. And um, one of the things that's really important for women as they search for another job is, is the flexibility to ask for remote um, remote work. And uh, having that knowledge, right, knowing that there are a lot of outlets out there that offer remote work and what benefit packages look like and what other flexibility um, there's to be had in a job is really important. So it's important for the for the job seeker, for women to actually uh, have more information about that. And it's really important for policymakers and employers as they figure out how to attract and retain talent. So it, it really comes in, in, in different shapes and forms. But you know, hopefully that gives you some sense about why why this is so so important that we do this. So uh, the topic that is probably on the the sort of front page or the the top of the the, the news hour more frequently now than ever before is this idea of the the future of work. And uh, so I'm not going to ask you to predict the future of work, but um, how how does economics and this study and the data that we have, how does that help prepare people and how can people use the 
insights and research produced by the hiring lab to help to to think about uh, preparing themselves for the the changes that are happening right now. Yeah, yeah, I, um, I I chuckled when you when you talked about the future of work because I always feel like like this is it like we are living the future of work right now. It starts right here, and it's you know it's it's a continuous. Um, a continuous thing that kind of happens along the way. I don't feel like there's a, you know, like a cliff where you jump over and you're like, oh, this is the future now, you know? Um, so, and I think that the pandemic itself is really kind of sped up some of these these trends that we've seen uh, already emerge pre-pandemic. Um, and, you know, for example, remote work is, is a fabulous example. I think that's, uh, that's one that uh, really stands out. We have... Um, a lot of people being interested in remote work and there's a, a lot more remote work being offered right now. But you, you might, your takeaway might be particularly in the early days of the pandemic. I think all we talked about was remote work and, and how it's like the new form of working, um, realizing that only a third of jobs can be done remotely, uh, at least in the U S is, is, um, kind of puts a, a wrinkle in things because there are a whole lot of jobs out there that cannot be done remotely. Um, and then, of course, you have to figure out, like, is remote really the right you know, thing for you or do you want to have a hybrid approach? And uh, and so collecting data and, uh, you know, um, figuring out what is the right approach and what works. And obviously at Indeed, um, I remember first time I spoke with you, um, uh, right, how many experiments we run and how many things we trial and, and error along the way. Um, it's uh, obviously this is this is the time to kind of try this all out what works and what doesn't work and so as we're you know i think we've proven that remote work can work um uh but like how how do we want to change it how do we want to tweak it well how can we make it better um economics kind of gives you the framework to kind of then you know take in that data analyze it solve problems along the way uh and do it on, on a micro level but really on a macro level as well so looking across the entire economy and seeing uh, what is developing and you know that's just for one topic that's just for remote work i think we're also going to emerge out of this this pandemic with um the unfortunately the imbalance between labor demand and supply very much intact uh and i think that gives a lot of power to to employees and we see you know they have a lot of bargaining power to ask for higher wages for more benefits and it'll be interesting to kind of see what policy comes out of that and how we will shift uh the types of jobs and and our thinking around all of this so uh, a lot of really interesting moments happening right now and uh the the economic frameworks will will hopefully um let us analyze all this and you know it's a it's a field day for obviously hiring lab because we get to we get to look at all these trends and take take our data that we generate and also that we find in find in the wild if you will to uh answer some some cool questions along the way so um you know with great power comes great responsibility you all have a, a lot of responsibility in producing work that is you know has that academic rigor <laughs> that is accessible and consumable and understandable by a broad group of people, but also that um, you need to produce work that is socially responsible. And how do you and your team think about that and ensure the, the impact of your work and, and its impact on, on society? Yeah, you know, in general, um, we, take, we take our research rigor extremely seriously, right? And 
um, we realize with 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 this comes great responsibility um, because you don't want to just inform and uh, you know or, or do research and have a sexy headline. Um, you need it to be true. You follow the data, right? You um, you make sure that the work you've done is accurate. Uh, that you know you've you've crossed all the T's, dotted the I's. We have a bunch of quality control checks that we have on the team to kind of make sure that what we've seen in the data is accurate. Um, and particularly like for anyone who's ever done data analysis, you'll know that it's very easy to cherry pick <laughs> and you know, pick out trends that, that support what you want to say um, or you, know, you filter one way or the other and get something else. So you need to make sure it's a robust uh, uh, result that you're looking at. And so we take that seriously. And then uh, you know, I, I think um, uh, what, what you meant is also do we, how do we tailor our... Um, our research topics to make sure that they're um, socially responsible, right? So um, there, it's a combination of we have our own agenda that we that that we we try to devise. So you know, we we get together as a team or within a country and say, here are topics we think are important and we want to research more of. Um, you know, for example, how has um, remote work influenced how cities grow. You know, will will the housing mar market forever change now that we have remote work? How um, who has been left behind? Right. Uh, if you think about um, emerging from this pandemic, um, not everyone is able to uh, kind of ride the ride the wave. The and the tide has not lifted all boats equally, and a lot of groups were disadvantaged by the pandemic and have not gained ground yet. And so um, having our own agenda really helps. And then we, of course, are responsive to what um, what uh, what is top of mind for press, and you know what what topics we hear there, so that we can engage in conversations and kind of push that push that uh, uh, further along and uh, kind of provide provides uh, additional information and insights that hopefully shed light on, on different situations that we believe are really important. If you like this interview and want to hear more, hit subscribe. Catch up on any Here to Help episodes you might have missed, like my conversation with Romney Donald, and get new ones delivered directly to you. More with Svenja Goodell after this break. So we we talked about job seekers, talked a little bit about um, social responsibility. Let's talk a little bit about em employers. So the hiring lab does speak directly to, frankly, to companies of of all sizes about the the labor market and how they might think about their hiring strategies. How are employers dealing with this moment right now? You know, I think employers are in a in a tough spot if if you think about it uh, because um, it's relatively difficult, depending on which sector you're in, of course, but relatively uh, difficult to attract talent and to retain talent right now. We see a lot of churn, particularly at the lower end of the income distribution. Um, and so if you're looking at frontline jobs, uh, you know, uh, even in, uh, uh, you know, leisure and hospitality, it's really hard finding um, finding people where you hear stories of ghosting all the time, where you know, they, they think they hired someone, but that person doesn't end up showing up. 
Um, and uh, employers are, are, are dealing with sometimes difficult conditions um, and uh, they have to figure out, okay, what can we offer in terms of, you know, increased wages, uh, better benefits, more flexibility, whatever it is, uh, what can we do to listen to our current employees and potentially new employees um, to, uh, to make sure that we offer a, a good work environment for, for them. So it's, it's, I, I'd say it's pretty hard out there for, for a lot of employers as they kind of figure out where, um, you know, how, how to solve their issues and, and hire the right talent. So one of the big narratives of the last uh, couple of years has been how the pandemic has has really just exposed and, and in many cases widened the the deep structural uh, structural inequities that we have um, in in society and, and specifically in the labor market. Um, how can the work of your team give some kind of insider guidance to how we might build a fairer system to help all people uh, get jobs? I think it all starts with having the right data and having the right research, right? Because if you think about, um, you know, you're you're absolutely right in, in that, um, you know, if you were, you probably already had a, a high paying job and your ability to work from home was relatively high. If you had a lower paying job, oftentimes you were on the front line, lines. We saw a lot of people lose their jobs early on in, in, in the pandemic, you know, almost overnight. Um, and uh, that drove the the wealth the wealth gap further apart. And um, you know, having research on that is is the first step to being able to fix the problem, right? You can't fix the problem without having the right data and in place and the right facts and 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 then having that conversation. And I think. Um, Indeed is already an incredibly data-driven company. And I think, you know, we we strive for for having that knowledge, for being able to kind of have all of our facts straight in order to make an educated decision. And um, so I think Hiring Lab um, is in, in the position to help in that, right? We can, um, we can analyze that data. We can try to collect that data. Uh, even sometimes you have to run surveys or whatnot to even collect new data that you don't already have in, in the wild. Um, so we can um, help get a lot of that data, analyze that data and, uh, you know, disseminate it so that um, employers, policymakers, employees um, have a wealth of information to be able to make um, you know, more, you know, guided decisions on, on that. So to me, it always starts with that. You want to be able to have the right data in place, uh, know what the problem is, and identify a solution using using data with that. Economists in general are very comfortable talking about what we're seeing right now or what we have seen. Mm -hmm. Not as comfortable making predictions about the future. Um, so I, I, I'm going to ask you to think Three to five years into the future, but not, I'm not going to ask you what the unemployment rate is going to be. Um, I'd like to know what is your what is your vision for what the hiring lab will will be in three to five years. That's uh, um, I, I I'm trying. Maybe to that's harder than than predicting unemployment. But what would you like to see? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to come up with a great joke about meteorologists, about e how economists make meteorologists look good. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not finding a good one right now. But, um, uh, you know, every meteorologists are very happy to make predictions. They're just wrong a lot. <laughs> Maybe economists, too. Who knows? You know, um, now I think we would be delighted if we are known for uh, producing um, uh, rigorous 
uh, useful, understandable research um, that uses unique indeed data that helps people make better decisions. So, you know, there's there's the word again. We want to have some impact uh, along the way and be, be known for it. I think we would be delighted if we were in that spot. And I think we're hopefully already uh, to a large part in that in that spot already. So one of the things that you were touching on before is the difference between, especially when you're working with with big numbers with m- lots of zeros and many commas and and at the scale that we think about things, but that it is important to to break that down and to look at a smaller scale and see what's happening with real lives and real people. And and I guess my my question is, if you think about your work and the impact of your work millions of people in the New York Times or whatever it is. Have you had experience where you've actually seen the impact of, of your work on on real people? And, and what is that like? Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think, um, you know, in different shapes and, and forms, you know, like early on in my career, uh, uh, you know, I would I would see you know, see my research or my team's research show up in a newspaper article and send it to my mom. And who are kidding? I might still do that every so often. <laughs> like, look, mom. Um, so you know, that's that's cool. Uh, and you 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 see that a lot of people will read it um, in terms of actually using it. Um, uh, you know, when I was doing housing research, uh, we uh, we we did research on homelessness, and um, HUD um, was uh, the the Department of uh, Housing and Urban Development. Um, was able to use some of that research to inform their decision making uh, dealing with the homelessness crisis, and that was really powerful to see. Um, looking at, um, uh, we used to, uh, I, I used to work at Zillow, and we develop a, a, a rent index there, and that was used um, to uh, figure out uh, what kind of subsidies to uh, pay veterans to be able to afford rental. Uh, um, um, uh, rents basically to uh, rental buildings, and so um, uh, you know that that's the that was you know an actual application um, of of our data. Um, just the other day, we were uh, part of my team, and I traveled to to Germany, and we uh, we partook in a in a conference um, uh, and and talked about the, the the U.S. labor market with a whole bunch of central bankers um, is to be able to kind of shape uh, policy going forward there. Um, you know the big R. What's going to happen? Is there going to be a recession or not? And how does how does monetary policy inform all of that? Um, we, uh, you know, the team has built an incredible um, uh, partnership with a lot of central banks uh, around around the world. So you know, we partner with um, Bank of England, Bank of Canada, the the Fed, getting them getting them data, um, and you can kind of see how how your work influences there as well. Um, I think the coolest example probably of my my work impacting someone or like at least being out there in the wild was I was in San Diego. I was in a cab and um, the cab driver told me that he'd read some really cool research on how global warming was going to affect houses on the on the coastlines. And I was like, oh, yeah, that sounds like very cool research. And I'm like exiting the cab. I'm like, that was my research. Thank you. <laughs> you know, So that was pretty cool. Um and uh, so any, you know, you find this in a, a lot of different shapes and forms where you you, you find um, the teams of research uh, being displayed uh, somewhere along the way and making, uh, you know, making an impact or you know, influencing everyday people. And um, that's really great to kind of see. 
Yeah, and I and I think the experience I, I know for me, but I've I've just spoken to so many people at Indeed that the the impact of you know I was actually uh, in a in a lift going to the airport yesterday and uh, having this conversation, and and at the end of the conversation, somehow it came out that I worked at Indeed, and and the guy said, oh, I found you know all of my jobs on Indeed, and just even like those those connections of actually finding. Uh, uh, an actual person who's who's made that connection and and where you've um, where you've touched someone, especially because we spend all day long staring at computer screens, and so it is really nice to to see a, a real human impact in that. Um, Particularly as, for something like so f- fundamental, right? Like you can't get much more fundamental than the joy on someone's face when when they got a new job, right? When they are able to figure out where they're going to, you know, go after they get up in the morning and how they're going to make some money to be able to, you know, get necessities for their family or whatever it is. It's, it's so empowering, you know. It certainly is. Well, um I could I could talk about this stuff all day long, but as we are uh wrapping up, um I would like one more time to to look a little forward uh into the future and and asking a, a different question, which is, you know, we've been through um, you know, the most extraordinary upheaval uh, globally over the last couple of years that most of us have experienced in in, in a lifetime. Um, and my question is, looking forward, what in in all of the the uncertainty and the the challenges that we've been through, what leaves you with some optimism for the future? In, in general, I, I like to believe that things always get better. Um, you know, I, uh, don't get me wrong. We've we've seen our ups and downs along the way. A lot of downs lately, um, but in general, I have to believe that you know the future will be brighter. It'll be better, and uh, we we well, you know, we will make strides as you know as as humanity to kind of get to get to a better spot. So I'm I'm excited for that. I'm excited for um, being able to participate in a moment of time that um, will shape the future. Um, you know, there, there are few events in, uh, in, in history that I think have real meaningful impact, right? And I think the pandemic is one of these moments. And, uh, you know, it's, it still seems rather unreal that we're like in this moment right now, you know, and, um, and to see what kind of impact that's going to have on the labor market. Uh, and, how we can make it better, how we can make it easier for people to get jobs and um, how uh, the fact that, you know, it's obviously there's a a crazy imbalance right now in terms of, you know, how many uh, job seekers we have and how many open jobs we have. In fact, we have we have like two jobs for every unemployed person out out there right now in the U.S. And so um, it's really um, powerful to think about how can we help people get into the right jobs and what data can we look at to, you know, figure out what are barriers to entry and what are people dealing with? And, um, uh, you know, using, um, using our own data for that is, is really, um, uh, is really exciting as well. So, um, I'm super excited for the future to be able to kind of solve some of those problems and see where we see where we land with that. And, um, I'm excited to do with with Indeed Data and at this company and with our you know fabulous team of economists at the at the hiring lab and so I am um, 
I'm, I'm generally pumped. If you can't figure it out, I'm generally just really excited to, to kind of embark on this journey at this moment in time uh, to solve what I think will, you know, be some hairy issues along the way, but um, hopefully will be solvable and we'll end up in a better spot. Well, uh, that's a, a beautiful way, I think, to wrap things up, uh, although I think it would be uh, an irresponsible and a lost opportunity to not give a, a plug for the Hiring Lab here. So for anyone that is unfamiliar, HiringLab.org, you want to just give one minute on what, what would people find if they go to HiringLab.org if they haven't been there before? Um, you'd find a ton of really interesting research, graphs, make sure you can toggle by country. So HiringLab.org up above, you can uh, choose your, your country of choice. Um, you can find data that we've generated, particularly during the uh, during the pandemic, like a, a, a postings tracker. How many open postings are there to kind of measure what's going on in the marketplace uh, or in the, in the labor force, rather? Um, uh, research about different um, groups of people and how they're facing uh, problems during the pandemic, like women and, uh, uh, you know, how how people are recovering Um and uh, just uh, we run a regular survey. You can read uh, all about it uh, uh, on our on our site as well, as well as a regular um, labor market updates, one pagers about uh, different um, uh, different sectors and what what they're um, what they're you know what's currently going on in the construction sector or the leisure and hospitality sector. So any sort of data that you might want about the labor market, hopefully you can find it on hiringlab.org. And if you don't find it, let us know. Give us some good ideas and we'll we'll be happy to dive into it. Fantastic. Well, Svenja, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for uh, all the work that you and your team do to help try to make sense of of everything that's going on in the world around us. And I am really looking forward to seeing more output from the hiring lab and uh, getting a chance to to do more with you. So thank you. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Um, it's just uh, it's it's just wonderful being able to, to connect with you and have this conversation. So thanks. Thanks for listening to Here to Help. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and download the podcast to stay up to date with the latest episodes. Until next time.